Welcome to Logistics with Purpose, presented by Vector Global Logistics in partnership with Supply Chain Now. We spotlight and celebrate organizations who are dedicated to creating a positive impact. Join us for this behind-the-scenes glimpse of the origin stories, change-making progress, and future plans of organizations who are actively making a difference. Our goal isn't just to entertain you, but to inspire you to go out and change the world. And now, here's today's episode of Logistics with Purpose. Hi, I'm Christy Porter with Vector Global Logistics, and we are here for another fantastic episode of Logistics with Purpose. And today I am joined by David Heskiel, president of Engage for Good, who I've known about for almost a couple of decades now. And so I'm excited to introduce more of our audience to Engage for Good as well. So good morning, David. How are you? Great to be with you, Christy. I'm delighted that you're here. This is going to be a great conversation, an eye-opening conversation, and something we're both super passionate about as well. So let's let's shed some light. But before we get into all of that, let's start with a little bit about who you are, your background, and how you ended up where you are today. So tell us about your childhood and early years. Well, I'd be glad to. Um, I grew up in New York. I'm sitting in my in so the bunker with that accent. Yes. <laughs> Sitting here in, in the bunker uh, where I've been working from home for 20 plus years, wow. long before it was pandemically right. required. Um, but I grew up on Long Island. Mm. Now, if you're making fun of accents, I didn't say. Oh, no, I love it. I didn't say Long Island. Long Island, yes. Long Island. I uh, was the uh, son of, um, of a doctor, an OBGYN. Uh, and a, um, a very loving mother who had been a teacher, but then dedicated herself to, to raising our family uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of volunteer work. And I was the oldest of three kids. Uh, in fact, we just got together for a, a pandemic delayed celebration of my 60th birthday, two and a half years in the making in California. So you still get to count it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I grew up, I was... Um, kind of a, I'm not so smart, but sort of a brainy kid. I wish I was a great athlete. Life would have been a lot easier because God, when you're a a kid and a tween and a teen, you know, how many points you can put on the board seems to make a lot of a difference, but that wasn't me. I was much more of a theater nerd uh, and a journalist and what have you. And I think that I was really one of the things that really influenced me was my father, as I mentioned, was a was a doctor. Yeah. And he um, was always dedicating time to, uh, to to serving underprivileged people at a clinic. Uh, he was a very strong proponent of and uh, leader within uh, his area in, in, in Brooklyn of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my mother and my father were civically involved in our town, in our in our synagogue. And I always felt, and I think by virtue just of being a doctor, it's a giving back yeah. uh, type of profession. Yeah. And so I always felt that, that a meaningful life had a portion of it yeah. that was involved with that. And I think that always influenced me. Yeah. Um, I went to school at a, a liberal arts college called Wesleyan, mm-hmm. and uh, I spent, and perhaps we'll talk about that in terms of my professional journey, but many, 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 many years trying to figure out exactly what I would do. And there was always this, this 
nagging part in my mind. It probably would have been easier if I just said, just show me the money. <laughs> uh, but I always felt that I wanted to serve both masters in terms of commerce and cause. Yep. I relate very heavily to a lot of what you said. Thank you for that. So I'm curious, you said your mom was also interested in giving back and volunteering as well as taking care of the family. Your dad, obviously, you talked about that as well and kind of talked about an overarching influence. Is there any specific instance that stands out in your mind as far as leading you one way or the other or really pulling on that cause side versus the commerce side? Well, uh, as I said, I I kind of... um, Jumping ahead sort of to my professional yeah. journey, it it was not always easy for me to figure out what was the right thing. Sure. Um, and I found a lot of satisfaction in, first of all, I'm not a saint. Nobody has ever compared me to Mother <laughs> Teresa. And uh, I, I uh, fairly early on came to the realization that I, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to have meaning. Yeah. Also wanted to be able to support myself and my family in a manner where, where we would be comfortable. Right. Um, and so, but th- those things were, 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 were always pulling at me. And I always sort of played at the fringes of organizing. I, I had lived in Mexico for a while, mm. for example, and I came back, there was a horrible earthquake I created. Yeah. And I was dating my wife. We were living in New, in New Haven as newspaper reporters at the time, I created margaritas for Mexico. Love it. Going to a Mexican restaurant and saying, hey, how about if we created a happy hour at which the price of the drinks was uh, given to, to charity to help help these sorts of people. Awesome. So there were a lot of littles yeah. as opposed to one sort of bango moment in yeah. which uh, I, I saw that. But I it, it, was a, it was a constant refrain of trying to find some meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I would have shown up to that fundraiser. That is amazing. <laughs> well, we'll have the drinks at some time, perhaps at the yes. next Yes, next time you stop by Atlanta, for sure. Um, so I'm curious also, because you said, much like many of us, uh, you're struggling to figure out what to do. Things are pulling you in different directions. That's a constant refrain for many of us growing up in those formative years, young adult years while you're studying and everything. What would you say to David at that point in your life? Now, looking back, what kind of advice would you give him to say, just hang in there, hold with it. It's going to work out. Yeah. Well, because, because there is at that time in your life, um, if you are wrestling with these issues, God, sometimes I went, oh my God, life would be so much. There are careers in which you say, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to work for a firm. I'm going to chase the brass ring and become a partner. And it's much more laid out. If you're going to be a doctor, I have unbelievable respect for the, I mean, the years and years and years of study, not to be. Uh, 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 denigrated or 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 or, or minimized, right. but there is a much clearer path. Sure, and um, that wasn't the case for me because I didn't know what that thing was, and so I dabbled in a lot of things. I was a journalist. I was. Uh, I, I actually then went and got an MBA. I then worked in the magazine publishing industry, which at the time was a very strong industry and of yeah. it's practically non-existent now. Yeah. Um, I worked for a uh, consumer marketing agency. I worked for a, um, a dot-com in the first dot-com booth. Oh, okay. And, and so all throughout those uh, 
things. I was picking up experience, mm -hmm. uh, which in the end, this amazing collection, this hodgepodge of experiences led me to have the sort of eureka moment where I said, oh, I could create this because I had studied acting and yeah. I wasn't afraid of getting up in front of a crowd. I had been a salesperson. And so I wasn't afraid to go out and talk with people about being sponsors. Right. I had worked in the magazine industry where you focus a lot on what is called circulation in terms of getting people to sign up for things. And that is certainly the case in terms of, of registration. I had been a journalist. And so I could write all the copy that we needed, some better than worse and some worse. So I guess the, the, the younger person, uh, if I was talking to myself at that time, I would say a couple of things. One is that uh, really be a sponge and really apply yourself to learn yeah. because you will be shocked at what some of those experiences will turn out to be in terms of valuable experiences right. later on. And then the other thing is life, even, you know, it's easy to, to make it sound like all the people that we know that have more conventional careers, it, it was almost preordained. And the right. more I talk to those people or the more I, I learn about other people who've had success, the more I learned that it was a up and down curvy uh, road yeah. to get there. And I found that a lot of the things where I took more of a chance um, paid off a lot. I, I left college and I spent a year and a half living in Mexico, working as a freelance writer, made a very small number of dollars, if you counted it in dollars, but I was living in a country <laughs> that was undergoing an economic crisis. And yeah. so every dollar blossomed into, unfortunately for the Mexican people, a fistful of pesos and being a young single guy, I didn't really need a lot. And I would never in a million years have traded that experience. Um, and other things, when I started the business that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, some people, I, I had two kids, I had a mortgage, I had had a successful career in a number of different ways. And some people would say, oh, you are taking such a huge risk. And yet by that time in my life, I saw that many people who had followed, especially the corporate role mm -hmm. route, where once upon a time, there was sort of a social contract that said, you'll work for 30 years, you'll right. get the, the gold watch, you'll yeah. get the pension, and you can move on. I found a lot of those people had been left by the, by the side of the road by companies that said goodbye. Yeah. So that risk, if you have faith in yourself and you're fortunate, mm -hmm. you have to have a bunch of luck. As much as the hard work is absolutely key, there is a, an element of luck. It, 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 it really can can pay great dividends and, and also psychic dividends. I love running my own small company. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love... Um, the advice of just soaking it up, being a sponge, learning as much as you can and moving it on. That's what um, I tell my team as well. There are a lot of skills you can teach, but I can't teach somebody to love the company, to love what we do, to love to learn and to want to grow. And so those skills just take you so many places in life. So I 100% agree. I love that. And it sounds like. And one coded to that, because one coded to that, which because like you, I think 
I end up speaking with a lot of people who are trying to define what what a meaning a meaningful career. Don't diminish the importance of actually having skills mm -hmm. because having a good heart and wanting to do cause work is fantastic. But a wonderful attitude and a love of your fellow human being is not enough for right. you to be asset to whatever entity you're in. You have to know how to sell or market or code or what have you. That plus that element of attitude make you a, a very valuable mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah, I think so. And probably uh, much like you, the Pat, even just the ability to write um, has carried me decades <laughs> in my career. Just that one skill I can always lean on. Or when I watch, you know, multi-million dollar TV commercials and I'm like, oh, didn't they have somebody proofread that? <laughs> 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 There's always something to fall back on for sure. So yes, that's a great point as well. So we've hinted at what you're doing now. So let's talk a little bit about the history of it. You've changed names. It's pivoted a little bit. You've certainly grown um, since I first became aware of you um, a couple of decades ago. So tell people what Engage for Good is, where the idea came from and what you're up to. Super. Well, so when we were together, and we were so happy that you were with us yeah. in Atlanta in May of this year, we celebrated our 20th annual conference. Amazing. Which absolutely blows my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and when you go back to the very origins of what we do, um, which is bring together uh, people from the corporate side as well as from the nonprofit side, all of whom are dedicated to the idea that companies can do well by doing good. There are a million catchphrases and yeah. uh, and, and 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 shorthands for what we're talking about, but the basic belief is um, that you can uh, create positive social impact while at the same time being a responsible uh, manager of your enterprise. And there are many different ways in which this work can generate uh, benefits for you as a company, whether it be on the employee side in terms of attracting, retaining, motivating employees, yeah. or on the consumer side, whether it be developing a positive uh, reputation, uh, interesting people in a particular promotional activity that you're doing, uh, in a defensive way, sort of inoculating you so that if, because th when with large enterprises, inevitably something goes wrong, mm -hmm. you have some, some deposits in the trust bank so mm -hmm. that people will perhaps look at you and go, okay, let's look into this a little bit better as opposed to saying cynically, oh, these guys were just trying to get away with it and they were, they've been doing miserable, terrible stuff. All, all of the time. So uh, originally, uh, I had done a number of the things that I described mm -hmm. earlier, and I I was uh, the last. My last position was I was the CMO of a dot com in the uh, in the year two thousand at a time oh, where crazy big. money, yeah, crazy money was chased being spent yeah. on anything that ended in dot com. But we kind of raised our money for a site that would help small businesses uh, just as that window of, 
insanity was closing <laughs> and you really had to actually show how you would make money doing this yeah we struggled for about nine months to come up with a plan and i think being i was very proud of our small management team we said you know what we really have not cracked the code and we haven't spent through all the money that the investors uh gave us let's return some of that money and say it's it's time to move on mm. so at that time i i didn't want to go back to the magazine industry i'd been in the consumer promotion industry that i'd been in so i as so many people do hung out a shingle was a consultant and i happened to get a lot of assignments from companies that were exploring what at the time was largely referred to as cause marketing or cause related marketing mm -hmm. uh, this was the heyday of the breast cancer movement okay if anything stood still long enough there was a pink ribbon <laughs> attached to it and unbelievable major programs were created and there were other things that were created as well and i started doing position papers and research for clients to say what is this what are best practices and all of a sudden i went oh my gosh yeah there's no place that pulls all of this information together online which although now it's a part of our lives it's in our phone every moment of the day but widespread availability of access to fast internet information was relatively new at that time yeah. there was a very easy way to amass an audience if you created a niche product and so i knew that there were people out there who were interested on the corporate side on the nonprofit side and someone on the supplier side as well in terms of pr agencies and others in how do you do this right and so i to use a new york term used a, got a lot of chutzpah <laughs> and i said i'm going to start a company that produces a conference and that produces we used to call them teleclasses now we call them webinars mm -hmm. uh, produces online information that has newsletters that has an awards program called the halo awards to bring together this community and uh working out of my unfinished basement mm -hmm. uh uh wor working with a designer who created a little logo for us i went out and convinced a number of people a number of players to sponsor us to work with us and we had our first uh, gathering of what was then called the cause marketing forum mm -hmm. in manhattan at the princeton club in 2003 okay and miraculously in spite of all the rookie mistakes i had never thrown a conference in my life i'd never even printed a brochure mm -hmm. um 240 people from all across america mm -hmm. came and they at the end of the day thanked me mm -hmm. for bringing together this community yeah initial proof of concept yeah and and it was one i mean neck and neck with my wedding day honestly in how excited i was yeah at doing something that people appreciated that i felt good about that was making a small contribution because my feeling has always been if we're passing along good information we're helping people make connections then they will do good work that will make a positive impact on on the world and so the cause marketing forum was born and we so can we drop the name of uh some of those early adopters oh my god I thank them for getting the ball rolling well i mean back in the day it's, it's it's so interesting sure i mean back in the day um we it's so much has changed 
Yeah. The, the players are are still in, in many cases doing wonderful work. But um, so, for example, the, at that first one, we have every year we honor somebody with the Golden Halo Award. Mm -hmm. The first honoree was General Mills. Okay. Now, General Mills does a lot of really good work, especially on sustainable agriculture, fighting hunger. But in those days, some of their, they had, do you remember box tops for education? Yes. yes. You know, practically. The seal on top of the cereal box. Yeah. Exactly. And they would raise tens of millions of dollars each wow. year uh, through that corporate wide effort. They had YoPlay save lids to save lives. And they raised millions being a premier sponsor for Komen and fighting yep. breast cancer. Well, those programs- and They still run that campaign, don't they? No. Oh, oh no, okay. Long, long gone. Uh, they had a, a Cheerios literacy campaign. They oh, had okay. a number of, of other, other things, um, most of which don't exist anymore, uh, but they were a super example of bringing those types of programs to life. Fantastic. And I believe in the first year, I believe that we actually honored Komen mm. because they were so much at the forefront of forming corporate uh, partnerships. Yeah. So, I mean, th there there were many, many, but those were uh, those were two yeah. examples of a company and a cause that was in involved early on. Over the years, we found that this field morphed and much uh very very positively yeah. because at the time that we got started this was sort of a nice to do right but a lot of people on both the corporate and nonprofit side felt like it's not that serious then they had right. we'll talk maybe a little bit about some of their 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 hang-ups about it um and so uh it, it and it was also very very much uh, predominated almost exclusively to consumer-facing programs. Right. Mm -hmm. Over the years, the focus of the people who work within our uh, industry on the business side, they have been mandated to, to give a lot of attention to employees. Mm -hmm. How do you engage employees? And so we eventually we're changing the things that we were talking about at the conference, adding to, I would say. Right. Um, and so we, on our 15th anniversary, rebranded as Engage for Good mm -hmm. to be a broader, more inclusive um, uh, exploration of how companies can be a positive uh, impact on society as well as uh, running in a responsible, sustainable fashion. Mm hmm. Yes. And it, yeah, it's certainly evolved a lot. And as you said, for the better. So you talked about your evolution. We danced a little around the topic of cause marketing. And we were talking about this before we jumped on as well. So let's talk about what cause marketing is, social impact, if you would give a better perspective, because as I said, it surprises me sometimes when we still talk and use words like social impact or use phrases like that, people are like oh, automatically nonprofit. Like, oh, if it's a company, it's just, they have, they must have a foundation. They must have something like that. But to be impact related, it must be nonprofit, which in 2022 is certainly not the case. But I'm, I'm curious and want to get your perspective because obviously you did some names change and some rebranding and all of that kind of stuff. So would you further define some of those topics for us and maybe give us some more modern illustrations as well? Sure. Um, so when you look at this field, 
um, and this endeavor, I think a big part of what is uh, illustrates the point that you're making mm-hmm. is how much has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was starting to allude to this. It used to be, I mean, way back at the time, I cannot tell you how many times I had to discuss Milton Friedman. And I don't know <laughs> how familiar you are with and your audiences with his work, but this was a very uh, conservative mm-hmm. economist who was quoted in a Sunday New York Times article back in the 80s, I guess, saying the business of, basically the business of business is business, mm-hmm. that the management is only responsible for creating shareholder value. Right. And that any attention that they were giving to causes was really taking their eyes off of the ball. Mm. And business leaders for years, like the business roundtable, their manifesto or whatever they call it in terms of their guiding principles, that would be that would be a principle. And so early on, it was a bit more of a renegade movement yeah. to say, no, companies are judged by far more than shareholder value. Mm -hmm. They have responsibilities to the communities in which they operate, to the people that they employ, to the people that they serve as their customers, and that it is important for us to have a healthy society uh, to to take care of that multi-stakeholder group. And that is the very core of what we're about, which is to say, being good, is not enough yeah but being good should be a prerequisite for being a a successful uh player you can't as a business that rents cars sells boats produces chips uh what have you tackle every problem of the world uh but having a consciousness Mm -hmm. and taking positive action uh, to operate in a responsible manner and move the ball forward in t- terms of making positive impact is is central. Yeah. So that's sort of the, the 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 basic ethos of what we're talking about. Right. There is now you know there's CSR and ESG and c- corporate philanthropy and strategic philanthropy and uh, it, it can get confusing. There's purpose. Yeah. Uh, but all of these things, ESG, I would say, is really much more of a man- of a measurement regime mm-hmm. for some of the other things we're talking about. But all of these are dancing around this concept that you have this responsibility mm-hmm. to be a, uh, a positive player uh, in the way you do business, and and that is that is the conversation that we've been having. For, for years and years. Yeah. So let's, well, first of all, do you want to give a couple, um, oh, so many questions. Do you have a couple examples that you want to give of people you think are doing it really well right now? So I think that really illustrative of how this field has changed uh, would be taking, uh, and yet how some of it is similar. Sure. Uh, would, would be to look at the two folks, the two organizations that we honored Mm-hmm. At, with the Golden Halo Award at this year's conference. Yeah. 
So starting on the nonprofit side, we have the Trevor Project. And uh, for some of your listeners who may not be familiar with this organization, they have crisis intervention services, largely phone and text, Mm -hmm. uh, that are dealing with uh, uh, suicide prevention and mental health counseling for LGBTQ plus youth. Mm -hmm. And their rise and the amazing work that they're doing uh, really are stand out in my mind, especially looking at this 20-year swath of yeah. history that we've had for two reasons. One, in the beginning of our journey, the the rule of thumb was that as a company who embraced causes, you would find the most un- non-threatening, non-divisive issues. Mm-hmm. Fighting hunger. Who can be sure. against fighting hunger? Right. Fighting disease. Uh, perhaps helping support education. And you, there were certain things that you just said, "Oh my God, this will turn off so many people." Let's just not go there. Okay. So issues of sexuality, mm-hmm. sexual practice. Oh my gosh, it just wasn't done. Sure. Um, and then secondly issues of mental health yeah we we're we've never been in our history more conscious of this as a problem especially because of the awful awful impact that the pandemic has had on so many people's mental health but it just wasn't talked about it was one of those things it's important but we don't talk about it and here is an organization that takes those two on square on. And so it shows the enormous broadening of our field. The second thing is that in the early days there, we don't have to preach this so much because I think nonprofit organizations get it. But once upon a time, some nonprofits wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They really didn't want to do a lot of work to partner with companies. They would just say, yeah, you can use our name and and make sure that you spell it right when you send us the check. And that is not partnering. Right. Those are not deep, meaningful relationships that should grow and last for a long time. Those are basically uh, uh, promotional or or just philanthropic. And philanthropy is great. Sure. But we're talking about the field of working together. The Trevor Project does two things. First of all, it realizes that even in the year 2022, uh, working on these two related, these two issues, there's a lot of education that needs to be done. And so they see their role as part of their forming of relationships with business is to be uh, a, a partner in educating them and helping them understand how to uh, relate to these topics. Right. And then secondly, some of their partnerships are so deep and fascinating in terms of really d- developing um, uh, assets and campaigns that can really help address the issue as opposed to simply being a check presentation ceremony. 
Mm-hmm. So, for example, they worked with Google, mm-hmm. and they uh, Google has an unbelievable volunteerism program where they will literally provide people six months leave, paid leave, to embed themselves in a nonprofit organization and, and wow. attack that. And they they worked on a massive overhaul of many of their internal systems at, at, at the Trevor Project, which made huge, huge improvements in their ability to service their population. Sure. So that would that would be an, an example yeah. of 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 uh, you know, a, a much uh, something that involved uh, previously taboo subjects mm-hmm. involved a major well-known organization, but working with them in a way to educate them and involved. Yes, Google also has given substantial money to the Trevor Project, but has really found a way to use their expertise and their uh, and, and their assets. Yeah to add, add to the equation. Yeah. The other, other honoree this year is a very different type of organization. It was Ace Hardware. Mm. And Ace Hardware has been working for a couple of decades now on a number of fronts, but they're best known for, uh, they are, they are, they are a, an organization, a col- collaborative of thousands and thousands of, of retail hardware stores. Yeah. And they have worked with Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, which is a network of uh, of children's hospitals over a hundred around the country, and they work both nationally with them, and then have all of their stores that are in a particular hospital's footprint yeah. work work directly with them. They're very well known for very successful point of sale fundraising programs, where you literally pick up your screwdriver or your grout or whatever. And then you go to the checkout, and in the old days, it was simply a employee asking if you'd like to give. Sure. But now that field, and Ace has been a real leader in this, has been has integrated into the electronic point of sale um, uh, apparatus that stand at the store, so that every time you you look, it says, "Okay, you owe five dollars and forty seven cents, and would you like to give a dollar?" Yeah. There are all sorts of techniques that they have helped uh, to uh, implement and that others have learned from along the way to make uh, huge strides in terms of point of self fundraising. Plus, although Children's Miracle Network Hustles is by far and away their number one uh, charity, they too uh, have built a culture that celebrates many different forms of giving back. Right. And one of the videos that we saw, you may remember this, uh, at the conference, which every year at the conference is at least one moment in which I've got tears running down my face. 100%. And this was an example of a uh, a franchise owner in Washington, D.C. area who had a couple of different stores, and they have what is – commonly called second chance hiring practices. A lot in, in many, many cases, if you have a, a jail term on your record, a conviction, you'll never get to square one on even getting an interview because it's you're just knocked out. And this company uh, had decided that they would allow, they would give people a chance 
who had this on their record. And then they were illustrating with this video how some of those people had turned out to be very valuable employees. Uh, and that that change on the very mm -hmm. grassroots level um, made a big difference. So a much more traditional player, right. mm -hmm. but even they are in some ways uh, dealing with issues that are very common and current right now as we're trying to create a more just society. Yeah, ICE was particularly interesting to me. I mean, I knew they were the helpful hardware store, right? I know the jingle, um, but and I have certainly driven by them, but I didn't, yeah, I had no idea the scope of, uh, I am not handy in any way, so I have not stopped in, except maybe I think one year to get a key or something. But the, um, so I didn't know much about them otherwise. And one of the things, especially working for a logistics and supply chain company, a couple of the other things that struck me besides just all the great you know, work that they're doing was that they also, um, it's not a franchise model. I think she said it was a co-op model or something like that, but to, you know, be involved with one of their stores, you also, you know, if you're going to open one of their stores, you have to commit to a certain amount of charitable giving, which I thought was phenomenal and fantastic. And then the fact that they also have, uh, like it's a requirement for their suppliers, which I'd never heard of anything like that either. And so I really hope that that also takes off just from that industry perspective, because I thought, wow, that is really not only changing things, um, you know, inside their store and outside their store with their, their charity partner, but changing it on a basic supply chain level and, you know, really involving stakeholders that haven't really been involved other than like human trafficking laws and, you know, workers' rights and things like that. But to be able to bring them into impact and being able to grow their base of stakeholders, I thought was just really uh, fantastic. And I hope something that continues to grow. Yeah, no. And also interesting to be honoring a retailer, a, a yeah. bricks and mortar retailer at a time Yes. Retail is in such turmoil. Yeah. And I think I know that the people at ACE would say, we do this for all sorts of social reasons. Mm -hmm. This is really good business for us. It helps us have a culture that attracts terrific people and to be a part of the neighborhoods in which we operate. Mm -hmm. um, so that people still feel an affinity to going to the ACE yeah. uh, store. It's worked very well for them. Yeah. So from that perspective, I'm curious, you, you talked about the shift in it being a nice to do from a need to do. It's more than just a check ceremony now. People at all levels of companies are involved. What is that? And if, you know, if somebody asks you point blank, what is the business case for it? What if it's not just doing nice? If it's not doing good to do good? If it's not simply altruism? What is the business case for jumping into this social impact world? Well, so this is where things, you know, I'm I'm blessed or cursed <laughs> with a mind that doesn't simplify as much as I could, but. <laughs> Because when you ask of doing this, mm -hmm. there are so many different elements of ways in which uh, this, this type of thinking can be integrated into your business. And it really depends on what business you're in. Sure. Uh, what I would argue is um, that a, a, a first step in this journey is to, to really take a look at your business and set some objectives in terms of what you want, 
you want to achieve. Yeah. I mean, there's certain, you know, uh, corporate social engagement is not, uh, there's, there's a base belief that you're passing, you, you, you are subscribing to all of the federally and locally mandated uh, laws and regulations in terms of how you operate, then it's going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. You cannot, as a business, do everything. Uh, so um, it, it, what makes sense is to look at various challenges that your business has and see which would be a good starting point sure. for you to tackle yeah. in terms of uh, considering taking a social impact uh, uh, point of view mm -hmm. uh, and applying it to the program. And uh, you know, our site, engageforgood.com and others are replete with examples. We have, uh, we've been running the Halo Awards for 20 mm -hmm. years and we have write-ups of every single winning program that describes some of the objectives. But uh, it, 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 it varies very, 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 very widely. Yeah. From from the example that I gave uh, at ACE, but we had a, another winning uh, uh, example this year of a, a, a company called Frontier Co-op, because we also, it's not only that we give awards to those that are the absolute biggest in terms of dollars raised, but they're sometimes just really creative approaches. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of Frontier Co-op, they are based in Norway, Iowa. I don't know why that sticks in my mind, <laughs> but they're off the beaten track. We don't get a lot of entries from yeah. Norway, Iowa. And they are a co-op that sells uh, packages and sells spices and uh, that, that type of product. Um, being where they are, they have some challenges in hiring. Mm -hmm. And they decided that they would adopt a local homeless services um, organization mm -hmm. and work with them to implement at their warehouse level uh, a, 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 an open hiring program. Okay. But not only that, that they would create the social safety net, so to speak, that would enable people to succeed. Yeah. So it was a very uh, much business-driven program in terms of they needed employees, um, but also a very well-thought-out social program right. in terms of saying, if you open the doors, we now know that that is not enough. Yeah. If people poor people in particular, they are one car breakdown mm -hmm. of not being able to make it to work and then losing their jobs. Right. So they built in transportation, childcare. If you don't have the coverage for your kid and it's not affordable, then again, you're going to lose that, yeah. that, that opportunity. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. example of, of how uh, they've done that. So it could be on the employee uh, 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 front. Yeah. It could be that you want to uh, make changes in terms of how you operate in terms of your carbon footprint. And so you give greater attention to that. It could be 
that you uh, want to make changes in how consumers perceive your company. And so you do campaign against that. So my answer is, I am not the kind of person that says that whatever the problem you have, the answer is you implement a, a cause-based program. Yeah. But that there are a lot of great examples about this orientation and how it can be applied successfully. I think that the other element of this, and I'm sure you've met people across the way, if this is done well, it can be a uh, a, 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 a strategy that mm -hmm. yields real results. Yeah. And for a lot of people being involved in such an effort has just tremendous sort of psychic benefits. Yeah. They have a tremendous pride in the fact that they were able to, to, to crack the code on how their company could do well by doing good. And they not just were successful because they sold another set of encyclopedias this week. Yeah. Oh my God, there probably isn't any there probably isn't an encyclopedia business <laughs> left anymore, but you know what I mean. Yes. But that they did that, and you know they uh, they provided a hundred school lunches for kids at their yeah. local school. Yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, some of the examples you've given, and you mentioned this earlier. In my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, but B two C business to consumer does typically lead the way. Um, and it has been further ahead of the, the curve on this. Why do you think that is? And what can B2B business to business do to catch up? I think it's a, it's a I, I, I would agree with you with a caveat. Okay. The caveat would be, especially um, since you, we've both been watching this field for a long time, uh, consumer-oriented campaigns are the ones that we hear about. Yeah. Sure. So that we have, it's it's perhaps over, the, the distinction is even overemphasized because these are the ones that we hear about. We don't hear about mining companies or, uh, you know, uh, uh, widget producers yeah. in the same way. Um, so that would be uh, the first the, the, the first element of it. And I would say that, uh, and, and a lot of the efforts that business to business organizations do are probably a lot more employee focused mm -hmm. in terms because in many cases uh you know it's it's a it's a it's a, it's an old saying but you know their their employees are their most important yes assets uh and and i've seen amazing work in terms of consulting firms accounting firms law firms um that actually are involved in in this way so you really it's again finding those opportunities uh that are appropriate to your business mm -hmm. yeah makes sense 100 so let's do a little fortune telling before we wrap up you've been in this for 20 years we hope to continue it's grown phenomenally um this impact movement over the years where do you think we're headed what do you think are some of the trends that we'll see well, I think that we will continue to see a tremendous broadening uh, of the types and numbers of causes that are embraced by mm -hmm. by, by by companies, and I and I think that's all 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 for the good. It it enables 
more firms to distinguish themselves because they're not all jumping into this exact same pool. Right. Um, and uh, there are so many causes that are in need. And of course, it's crazy too, because a lot of this work is very well thought out and planned. Yeah. But look at the last two years. Who saw the pandemic coming? Right. It completely turned things around. Yeah. Um, very disruptive. But thank goodness for uh, a lot of corporate America. They did tremendous work. Yeah. Especially in the hunger space, especially in the digital access space. Um, and then things like there's a war in Ukraine. Yeah. You know, and 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 the alacrity with which uh, companies can sometimes turn things around and make things happen is is, yeah. is impressive in that way as well. So I think we'll we will continue to see an expansion right. of, yeah. of the causes. Um, I would say that uh, I this is a hope more than a prediction. I'll take it. I just, in fact, finished reading a book. I am take. I'm going to my book group tonight. Okay. The book was called "The Great Experiment." Why diverse democracies fall apart and how they can endure. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> we're living a lot in, of hope there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're living in a very, very divisive time. Yeah. And oh, I just hope that this movement can play some role in helping us come together. I, I've been noting it, um, whether it's coming from a a proactive state or a somewhat defensive state yeah. every once in a while i see a rise in campaigns that are talking about local heroes mm. that are talking about acts of kindness mm -hmm. in some ways they're very fluffy mm -hmm. and so i don't know how effective they are on the other hand i have seen studies that were there were studies recently that were talking about how some of our social ills, uh, the most effective uh, uh, efforts are those in which pe people who actually know people who look or think differently from them, yeah. that can be the most persuasive element in terms of bringing some unity mm -hmm. to our society. So it's my hope yeah. that this uh, will be an avenue in which uh, in, in which the corporate social impact movement, um, it, it makes very positive contributions. For sure. Well, and we have seen time and time again that constraints do breed creativity. And that is definitely where the social impact movement shines. I, that is one of my favorite things of my job. I'm sure it is for you and was reiterated at the event that people are solving such big problems in such creative ways. And it's always just so excited to see how, you know, whatever resources they'll have that they can find a way to turn it into good. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we'll see just that, that continued broadening, which is um, fantastic. Well, for those who want to learn more about Engage for Good, which I highly recommend, um, what offerings do you guys have available? We've talked about a few of them already, but why don't you spell them out? So we're clear. Sure, absolutely. Well, Everything is to be found at www.engageforgood.com. Um, we have monthly, if not every two week webinars, some of which are free, some of which are, uh, there's a nominal fee to, to attend. Um, we have a monthly free newsletter and anybody who goes and signs up who is interested in this field 
can uh, sign up on our site and 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 get uh, a feel for the pulse of what's going on in our upcoming programs. Uh, we are just at the very beginning of planning our 2023 event. It yes. will be back in Atlanta, May 14th to 16th, and you are all personally invited. Yes. I'll be there. Uh, and with uh, that's great. And and we're very active on uh, social media, especially on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So if you want to connect with others who share some of your interests and can uh, converse with you in terms of the challenges you're facing or the uh, the, uh, the, 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 the the wins that you put on the gold uh, scoreboard, sign up for our LinkedIn group as well. Yeah, and you have a podcast. And we have a podcast, the Engage for Good podcast, yes. hosted by my uh, colleague, Ali Murphy. Mm -hmm. It's fabulous and comes out pretty much every week. Yes. So let's give a final plug for joining us. Besides the fact that they would get to hang out with us in person next May, what's the other, you know, give me a couple other reasons people should be there. Well, it is, uh, it's been, it's interesting. You know, we, we just reconvened in May after a three year hiatus because we were knocked out for so yeah. long by the pandemic. Um, even though literally thousands of people have gathered together for these conferences since we are for, held our first one 20 years ago, there is such an energy yeah. and such an opportunity to connect and make connections with others uh, to learn from one another, to develop uh, alliances with one another, uh, to to even you know set the future sage for jobs or partnerships or whatever that literally being in the same place at the same time with this very wonderful group of people is 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 absolutely terrific and we are very dedicated at creating content that is practical so mm -hmm. that you actually will learn something that you can bring back to the office uh, as well as inspiring, because heck, we all need yeah. uh, some positive affirmation to keep on uh, coming. So it's yeah. it, it's a good time, and, and we would love to see you there. Yes, and a very friendly group, because we had the lanyards for our name tags. People could choose their social distance preferences, you know, good with hugs, still thinking about it, you know, six feet, please, or handshakes only, things like that. And we continually kept running out of the... I'm ready for hugs. Give me my hugs. Stand up. Tell me who you are. I don't care who you are. Shake my hand. Hug me. Um, so, yeah, that group was definitely ready re to reconnect after a long couple of years. So it was a lot of fun. Definitely. Please um, join everybody again there next year. It'll be great. It was a lot of learning opportunities and a lot of uh, a lot of great connections. And um, I've already been able to follow up with a few people I met and hopefully we'll have some more of them on the podcast as well. But it's a good time. And Thank you so much for your time this morning. I really this opportunity it. was a great way to start the day. Yes, it absolutely was. And um, I love reconnecting with you. I'm a big fan of everything that you guys have done. And I've, that's why I've followed you for so long as well. And hope other people will jump into this movement as well. But thanks again for your time, David. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody listening. Mm -hmm.